0: With us right now, it's Neil Heckman. Neil, you are the founder of Breakfast Consulting. You're found on the web at breakfastconsulting.com. Neil, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. Give us the lowdown. What is Breakfast Consulting? Yeah. So
1: at its core, Breakfast Consulting comes and works with founders and business leaders during times of change, specifically at startups, seed, and series brands. The idea really came from some of the past work that I've done while working in-house at some of the most well-known consumer brands of all time and understanding that the businesses change and evolve every two to three to six months. It's both new people working there, new initiatives, new efforts that really lend themselves to a constantly evolving project scope and a different skill set that really needs to continue evolving again as that business evolves. So, breakfast consulting specifically partners with founders, with those business leaders who may or may not have a marketing background who are going through times of change and super relevant, especially during the past. Three to five years that we've had from COVID to attribution and measurement changes as a result of iOS 14 to even the upcoming and impending slash currently in recession. There's so much that brands have had to deal with and had to change and pivot as a result from that really makes the work that I've been doing with these founders, with these business leaders very topical, very timely, and very important.
0: Yeah. So, what sort of challenges are they bringing to the breakfast table? yeah so first of all oh I'm so pleased with myself that I continued the uh, <laughs> yeah you' just it right in. the it illustration nice.
1: yeah so founders are dealing with of course changes coming off of covid you know there are certain brands who really thrive during covid whether it's a home exercise brand mm-hmm. or some of the telehealth or something within those lines to brands that had a significant pullback during the the pandemic. Namely being some travel brands, namely being one that I used to work at. Can you imagine? So there are different challenges depending on the industry, depending on the time period, and depending on the specific factor that's really at play. So COVID impacted certain brands in a different way than the upcoming recession will. Changes in attribution and measurement, all stemming from Apple's change in operating system and data tracking, impact some brands who are very heavily relying on a small subset of the broader consumer base in order to target down very granularly than brands who have large appeal, who are doing a lot to sort of build up that brand awareness to not be so tailored and targeted to one specific audience. A lot of brands right now are really in this kind of pivot where they were seeing a lot of success or, again, a lot of change, period, coming off of the first major wave of covid you know at this point it's pretty much become a part of our life we've learned how to live with it it's not necessarily going anywhere most individuals will will figure out the the new normal for themselves and now we're trying to figure out how brands are going to evolve during in advance of throughout the impending recession. And it's coming at a time when brands are really starting to think, what's our Q4 strategy? What's our holiday strategy? What products and price points and discounts and communications are we going to be deploying? Knowing that we are at this very fraught and fragile time period I think a lot of brands were hoping that this upcoming season was going to be the first normal non-COVID-impacted holiday, and now they have this beast of a recession to deal with. So that's very, very top of mind for brands. And I think more so than anything, coming off of the Great Recession, where so many employees were burnt out from doing the day-to-day job during COVID, working remote, trying to figure out this hybrid workspace, there's just a lot of changes that are happening, period, and a lot of ways that marketing organizations are trying to both streamline and figure out new ways of doing business, both in order to bring in new customers, bring in new revenue, but thinking more long-term about how to just have a smarter, more appropriately structured internal workforce.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've been talking about market forces and, and, you know, we've illustrated several market forces that, Kind of beyond our control, and so um, you know, while we don't know what the next major, you know, natural disaster, or you know, just again something like, to, you know, uh, you know, could be, you know, downturns are somewhat predictable yeah. economically, um, but again, we can't control those things. Like you know, with my last company, Savings Angel, and we were rocking it, and then consumers just lost interest in you know in in the methodology that we our technology was enabling them with so we were helping consumers cut their grocery bill now it worked worked really well we had yeah. gazillions of testimonials but then consumers the economy started doing much better and consumers are like yeah i don't want to take any time to print or clip coupons and so As a result, like, what can you do? You can provide the best service in the world. And if the market's like, "Eh, we're kind of over it. It's, you know, it's like you can let your ego make your decisions or you can just say, you know what? The market's a little, we're all, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're all, you know, the the market's the, the, the boss and the market decides.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, just kind of going off of that, in addition to some of the things that I brought up previously, the investing community has changed a lot. A lot of the brands that I work with are regularly seeking fundraisers. They're going out yep. through investment periods. They're trying to increase their own capital in order to do more and revalue their brands to a higher point. The investing community has by no means dried up, but it's becoming much more structured and I would say much more deliberate in where they're investing and more importantly, where they're not investing. So kind of to the point about market forces, something that's also a trickle down effect of things that are out of brands controls is the willingness that these different funds, that these different investing groups have to invest in a product or service that what we've learned over the past three to five years are not bulletproof brands. They are not going to be able to withstand the future of unknowns. And I think that's the challenge for future business leaders, for future entrepreneurs to really be thinking, you know, I know my business, my service is not going to be bulletproof. In absence of something that is completely bulletproof, what can we do to make sure that our product, our service is resonating with the highest number of people at all times so that regardless of the level of impact to those macro factors that you correctly pointed out, we have no control over. What can we do to make sure the product and service resonates with that big group of people and that it's cost-effective from both inability to sell, i.e. move product, and an ability to market, i.e. communicate the product and service benefits so that we aren't in a place where we're losing money constantly because our investors fundings are drying up or something like that. We have to be thinking in a way that's both short-term revenue generating while driving long-term efficiencies in order to preserve cash at all costs because if the past couple of years have taught us anything, it's to not get comfortable. It's to expect the unexpected and to be able to predict the unpredictable. And all of that's done through proper business planning, proper process implementation. And really just going back to my first point of having that very solid foundation of who you are as a brand, who you're not, and making sure that the baseline of your sales engine is as seamless and as powerful as possible.
0: Yeah. You mentioned the investment community touch on this a little bit. Um, Would you mind maybe sharing your observations of if, if I were a company today and I were looking for funding uh, and I were reading a playbook written five years ago, what might I want to throw out and what might I want to focus on instead? Yeah. So automatically set
1: your expectations higher and know that you are likely going to fall very short. That's something that I've been advising all of my brands to be doing. If you think you want to bring in $150 million, go for $200 million. Just to have that sort of safety net threshold from a reach stance, because that's going to make you work that much harder. And it's going to put you in a position where one more conversation is likely going to be the one between raising funds and not raising funds. So it's a little bit of a, uh, an oxymoron to set your bar higher, but expect lower. But I think you need to be prospecting more. You need to be having more conversations in order to get less. That's sort of the, the process that we're in now. All of the funds are being much more disciplined, much less willing to give money to something that's not driving repeat business. That's not mm. showing the stems of profitability. That's not showing meaningful growth. And I think all of that is why the positioning that brands take need to be more of that high reaching, low expectations and that management of expectations as well. And then within that same vein, you know, previous fundraise rounds could take two months, three months, I would say expect at least six months of process going into your next fundraise round. One of the brands that I advise had a really, really successful Series C earlier this year. They are already starting to think about their Series D, not because they are burning cash. It's a, it's a very successful brand. They're able to grow very efficiently, but because they know that the work that they're laying the ground for right now is not only going to be the focal point of some of the Series D conversations but because the conversations are already starting. That's the level of due diligence that these funds are starting to take and continuing to take in some instances to each engagement, regardless of just, we sold this many of this widget sort of thing, which had been the shiny object that a lot of groups were able to capitalize on previously.
0: What makes you the right guy for this role or for, you know, for the companies to listen, you know, say founders listening to us right now and they're like, uh, and and they're looking for someone to kind of help them answer a lot of these questions. Uh, What makes you uniquely qualified to be that person for them?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things. I've been boots on the ground at some of those most successful and well-known direct consumer companies that have existed that have really weathered the storm. They've been able to really Pivot, turn things around meaningfully and change direction pretty much at the drop of a hat in order to follow consumer trends and overall macro environment trends. So I'm both an executional lead and I'll be that thought partner and strategic lead for founders, for business leaders who are going through that time of change. Because, again, I've been there. I know how to think long term. I know how to execute short term. And make sure that their, the long-term planning will not be sacrificed in order to capitalize on short-term goals. I think that sort of nice balance between the two really sets businesses, founders, even their their broader boards up for success. And taking it one step further, I'm really kind of taking a direct to consumer model to broader consulting. The consulting way of life used to be bring a group on for a three month project onboard them month one, they go and do some work in month two, they present their findings in month three, and sometimes solutions are implemented. My my thought process, my business is really based on this constantly evolving work streams, these constantly evolving scopes of work, because I know that these brands that I work with in the, the startup space are going to be different three months from now than they are today. So if we sign on for a certain set of projects today, we might decide, hey, let's back burner some of these because this macro factor is taking place and we need to capitalize on it right now in order to not lose momentum in a different direction. So I have both the experience from a hands-on executional big picture strategy lens and also the experience that's broad enough to be able to take a lot of different marketing projects, help prioritize them based on what's happening in the environment and make sure that the broader businesses are meeting their goals.
0: Yeah. All right. So somebody goes, uh, Neil, to your website, breakfastconsulting.com. What would you recommend they do, particularly if they're just, um, you know, they'd love to learn a little bit more about your, you know, your strengths, your capabilities, you know, uh, and so forth. What do they do?
1: Yeah. So I'd say first and foremost, It's very specifically designed to be a simple and straightforward website. There's no bells and whistles. It's really just one lander. And anybody who's reading it that's in any semblance of a market to think, maybe I need fractional marketing support. Maybe I need somebody to help me with fundraising. Hey, I just lost my VP of marketing. I need somebody to come in and steady the ship for the next couple of months while I take my time to find that right next person to come in they will know immediately whether this is a conversation that's worth having in the the broader lens of things. So I would say, take a look. There's some buzzwords on there that are purposefully meant to trigger something in these business leaders, founders' minds of, oh, this is an area that I don't have skills in or where this person could potentially benefit. And then I think the best place that we'll really decide if this is a partnership worth exploring would be use the Calendly link that's on my website We'll set up 15 minutes and nothing would make me happier than hearing from these founders, hearing from these business leaders about their biggest three challenges. I am all but certain that across the board, something that I've done in my past, something that I'm doing currently or something that I'm being kept up at night by will overlap with some of the work that they're doing. And we'll very clearly be able to outline what a potential scope of work could look like in order to help that founder, that business leader, sleep a little bit better at night.
0: Yeah. All right. So also, Neil, you're not, so you've completed an Ironman. Is that right? (laughs) Uh, 70.3 Ironman. Yeah. Wow. Very, very nice. So, yeah. And I I saw on your your, uh, LinkedIn bio that uh, Marathoner, Ironman, when was your last one? uh September
1: of 2021. I almost forget uh, what year it is every single day, but yeah. you know, I think the the Iron Man mentality has has honestly helped me build the business and it's yeah. given me a little bit of a distraction too. You know, there's there's the founder's fallacy where they say, you know, I get 3 3 hours of sleep a night, I am sacrificing my mental health, my physical health. And that is like the forcing function to make sure that I, I do take a balanced approach to everything. And candidly, I think that helps me be a better brand partner for all of the brands that I work with because I do prioritize things outside of just work as well.
0: All right. Neil Heckman, founder of Breakfast Consulting, found on the web at breakfastconsulting.com. Neil, thank you for joining us. Of course. Thanks, Josh. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love to. Even if you just stop by to say hi, I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right,